It's time for such a time as this, the podcast. If you've got questions or topics you'd like discussed on the podcast, email suchatimepodcast at gmail.com. Here are your hosts, Scott Fitzsimmons and Dwayne Kruger. Hi, everyone, and welcome to For Such a Time as This, the podcast. I'm Scott Fitzsimmons, and I'm here with Dwayne Kruger, my co-host. Now, Dwayne is the brainchild behind all of this, and uh, we're very excited to be starting this podcast. And uh, before we get into it, if you have any questions, if you want to see any conversations happen, or if you just want to make a comment, you can email us at suchatimepodcast at gmail.com. Dwayne Kruger, it's great to have you here. This is the inaugural episode of For Such a Time as This. Tell us, what is this all about? Well, as you've been going through an incredible journey, and I really want to hear from you because I see so much of what you've been going through as really, I see it as a bit of an object lesson for all of us to draw from. And uh, the really difficult things that you had to go through, I think, uh, help us to when we see ourselves in times of trouble, that when we lean on Christ, when we lean on our faith, that amazing things, we learn amazing things. And and although our initial response might be that I hope that never happens to me, um, I think so, so many others can learn from what you've had to go through. For myself personally, these last seven years have been on a spiritual journey as well. And I've been just seeing so many incredible insights as I've dug deeper into the Old Testament, especially into uh, uh, and almost looking into how the prophets understood the times they lived in as uh, God was bringing about some judgments uh, in the Old Testament times. And, and this contrast between the bride, as you know, we are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And we're supposed to be prepared for his return for him to come and get us. And that whole imagery between the bride and contrasted to the harlot of the Bible and the harlot in Revelation 17 and 18, there's just so much meaning I've been you know, seeping in, into all pores of what I've been thinking. And so I want to share some of that. I want to, uh, you know, give God the glory for what we're seeing, but also help us to want to go deeper to instead of repressing thoughts to actually opening up and, and, and looking under the cover and seeing uh, what God is trying to do, how God is trying to get our attention and to draw him, draw us closer to him. Well, if people haven't uh, had a chance to meet either of us, uh, let's give a little bit of a synopsis of uh, who we are, because uh, we are not uh, your typical theologians, I think. Uh, we're both uh, just seeking after God, which is why I think the Hebrews eleven six in our logo is kind of uh, very fitting for this, is we're just looking to... Uh, to see God's will go forward, and uh, but also be a part of it. Uh, that's one of the things that I've seen in my life. Uh, but I'm—I'll get to that uh, in a second here. But uh, I am a radio 
DJ. So I've done this for over 20 years, which is where some of my expertise comes in to, to do some of this. Uh, you are a farmer uh, and, and kind of an economist. Uh, tell us about uh, your background in, in farming and uh, economy and uh, even with your, your Christian walk. Well, I was blessed to be uh, to grow up uh, in a strong Christian family. Uh, I grew up on a family farm, uh, a typical typical family farm where uh, I was sort of the third generation. My grandparents were the first generation. They lived on that farmyard. Uh, they were about seventy years old when I was born, and. Uh, they were almost my second set of parents in some ways because uh, my parents were busy on the farm. My grandparents were 70 when I was born. So, but they had such incredible faith. And I'd often walk into the house and they'd be kneeling in prayer or they'd be reading the Bible. And so that has an effect on a young child. And they also had an incredible life experience. They grew up and uh, my grandfather fought in the First World War in the trenches. And he had, uh, he had the capacity to talk about those things. I know for some people, it's so traumatic that they can't. And, and, and that had an, a big effect on me. And my grandmother, uh, uh, these two people had a huge effect on my life. And it let me start to see patterns uh, how their faith, uh, I think they grew up as regular teenagers, but because of the second world war and all this drastic change that happened to them at a young age, they came to really understand how important faith was to them. Well, I know. And, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and the, the connections that we've had too are, are kind of interesting. They're, uh, pretty encouraging when you you think of it. I mean, we've been uh, kind of connected in different ways. Uh, you know, myself, I too grew up in a Christian home, and and I've always been one of those thinkers. You know, I loved the Bible. I loved memorizing, uh, whether it be through Awana or Pioneer Clubs or Bible study. Uh, there's always a lot more to it than I ever anticipated there would be. Um, but uh, the, the word does not go away void. That's absolutely for sure, because it's something that's kind of mm -hmm. kept me going. Uh, but I got into radio, wanted to do Christian radio, uh, and started in Medicine Hat, and then got this chance to come to a place called Yorkton, which I'd uh, never really spent a lot of time in. But uh, you were connected as well. And so that begins our first uh, connection uh, was with uh, Christian Radio uh, because uh, you became an investor with that and it became an important part of the community, but obviously my life for sure, being uh, the program director, but uh, but your life as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, the radio thing for me, it's interesting. Uh, one of my favorite phrases, and maybe we'll talk about it a bit more as we carry on, in the future, but uh, one of my favorite phrases is obedience unlocks understanding. And uh, the radio station was a little bit like that for me. Um, when we we sold our land and uh, the farm that we had in Alberta, we were actually expropriated there uh, because there's coal under our property. And uh, so 
my parents retired into town. My dad was almost 75 at the time. And I moved out here looking for cheaper land and opportunity. And it's interesting how so many people that are associated with our church and the radio station have moved here to Yorkton. Mm -hmm. We weren't originally here. (laughs) And uh, that's, that's interesting. But uh, it was one of those things that I was listening to Christian radio in Edmonton on my tractor. And I just had this sense that somehow I was going to be involved in bringing Christian radio to Saskatchewan. Now, that sounds just too far off the wall, even for me at the time. And I remember coming into the house and saying, I don't know, this doesn't make sense to me, Lisa, but I think somehow we're going to be involved in Christian radio. And then Mm. came to Yorkton, ended up meeting Dennis, and we talked a little bit. And and then a couple years later, we started this small Christian radio station in Yorkton, and you were basically the first employee and so the things that tie us together are interesting and just to see you know we're we're going down this path but as we are faithful as we are obedient to God's will in our life then other doors open up and other opportunities and they're not always easy I wouldn't suggest that starting and running a Christian radio station is uh, just a a a wonderful idea. There's some difficulties with this. And so, but faith prunes you. It, it makes you understand things that you never thought of before. And that's part of the journey that we want to witness to and uh, talk about. And uh, because God is up to some incredible things. And I think we're all feeling a little uneasy as we're living in a time like this, but, God's story is incredible and what he hasn't planned for all of us is incredible, but it's also a bit scary and we got to deal with these things, not in a way that push him away, but make us uh, draw even closer to him because we're going to need him as we walk through these next uh, stages that are ahead of us. Well, and this is what uh, this podcast is all about. I mean, it's having a conversation. I mean, you and I have gone for coffee and talked about a lot of these uh, very interesting topics. um, And that is where, you know, for such a time as this comes in. I know Esther 414 is where that comes from. But the idea fits with uh, so many different places of the Bible. And that's what we're looking for. I know that uh, when you start talking about uh, the calamity that's happening, the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of people that start to asking questions. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, are Christians or non-Christians that want to get into the discussion or have questions. And, and so do we. I mean, but... The idea that we have is uh, is having this conversation, having a graceful conversation. Uh, this is not going to be debate. We're going to try and have some different people come and uh, be guests through the the wonder of uh, the internet here, uh, but have the conversations so that people are talking about it because we're not all going to agree. Uh, but both of us felt this is a conversation that needs to be had. Right. And uh, I know I'd, we're, we're calling it for such a time as this. And my wife, I want to give her credit because she was the one who uh, suggested that name. And, you know, I, she, 
I often say she's my biggest fan and I really appreciate her. And I think uh, both of us have wives that I know we both feel very blessed mm-hmm. that uh, God has given us the wives that we have because they they represent we're going to talk a lot about this the bride versus the harlot and that the bride is just such a support is you know we are supposed to be the bride of Christ and and when when you find somebody who is that partner for you you're just uh uh, I was listening to John MacArthur and he was saying, when you find someone like this, you trust them with all that you have. That's mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do. And and then you begin that process. And, uh, and when you do that, it just changes everything. When you have somebody that you can trust no matter what. And... Uh, yeah, our wives have been incredible in this part. And it's interesting because it was a year ago today that you were uh, in the hospital and you were supposed to bring the sermon at our church and I was asked to fill in and I was basically bringing your message. But it was on Mother's Day a year ago, exactly today mm-hmm. when we're yeah. doing this uh, podcast. And that's that's sort of interesting because... Uh, uh, it you know we've been trying to get the technology right to start this and we just we're having a few hiccups here and there and so it's interesting that we're starting today because yeah. of i remember that was a, an intense day a year ago mm-hmm. and we started it out actually when i did that sermon i read a kids book called what to do with a problem and it was for the kids before we released them to sunday school and that that's sort of what this pandemic is like as well. What mm-hmm. to do with a problem? How do we respond? When I started it, I'm a grandfather now, so <laughs> we have all these kids' books around. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you look at things, and here's the book, What to Do with a Problem by Kobe Yamada. <laughs> it's not a Christian book per se, but it, it helps us to go down this path that I'd like to see us go. It's really just speaking about that desire to repress these thoughts and and to make them go away and ignore them and defy them and deny that there are real problems. And as we look at them, I think it, it allows us to go the pathway of overcoming. Your dad posted something uh, yesterday on Facebook It said, everything we run away from has power over us. Everything we go through, we conquer. Now that, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of things I think society, and this is where some of the economy gets into what we'll talk about in the future, but there's a lot of things we've been denying and defying as a society Mm -hmm. because it's easy, because it's, uh, we're comfortable. And uh, and so some of those things, let's just pull back the cover and take a look at and have an honest discussion about. And I think we'll learn. 
we were taught the problem a year ago and why that book was read because here you were and you had been diagnosed with cancer and it was a surprise and a shock as a young man with a young family and it was oh it was just so much I can't imagine what it was like for you even as friends of yours we were just distraught uh, that Sunday morning and what was so fascinating and this is where I'd like to hear from you is the stuff you were writing as you were getting me to prepare this stuff the things you were saying to the elders and to the pastor and to your friends about whether you were going to no matter what happened the most important thing you wanted to happen was that God be glorified Mm. and so it was so easy to bring that message that morning because I just wanted to share your faith and how you were uh, just claiming Christ and you were so full of peace. You kept saying, I'm at peace. And uh, something, the morning I was, you, uh, I was asked to, to do that sermon. Uh, another thing I saw that morning uh, was posted by a friend of mine. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of Jesus. And just, I could sense that in what you were saying. And so all this faith component of what we're living wasn't something just to talk about. It was real and you were showing us that. And so I want to thank you for that. But I also want to hear more from you at how you would share uh, about your experience. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's definitely been uh, something I, I didn't, anticipate i mean no i don't think anybody really can but when it came to this whole process this last year i start to look at uh, at so many of the things that happened the year before which i think kind of prepared me for that um but also prepared me for these conversations right now uh because i feel like everything has been done for a purpose um Again, I feel like all the things that uh, led up to that time uh, were for such a time as this. It was, I've always felt like there was some sort of purpose uh, that I was going to to come towards. Uh, and ironically, I, well, coincidentally, I mean, uh, it was, it was pain. Um, I've always felt like I've had a, a high pain threshold and I even did a, a sermon, you know, probably a few weeks before I went into the hospital talking about pain and how we, we don't know how we're going to respond in pain, Uh, whether it be emotional pain or physical pain, you just don't know. And, and I've always, again, being a Christian, it's funny because I don't know that I, I don't remember when I became a Christian, um, but I do know that, God's always been real in my life. So there's, there's always a consistency that, that comes with that. And uh, when it came to my whole life going through things, you know, you have ups and downs and you make choices and things like that. But even in the bad choices I was making, I knew that God was there. It was a, I am having fun doing this, but I 
don't know how long I should stop because I don't want to lose my salvation. That's kind of was always in the back of my mind, which is kind of a weird thing to be thinking about at a younger age. But as time went on, you know, I start to realize the things that I had done and, and realize that, you know, this isn't what God would have for me. And as, you know, I get older, as I got stronger in my faith and, and as things continued on, I was continuing to try and learn more about what God wants for me and in, in my life. And this last year before I went into the hospital, I got some opportunities to preach. I love preaching. I love learning about the Bible. Again, you know, you can always keep learning. It never stops. But those different things kind of prepared me for that. And one of the things that uh, that happened was I've always felt like I, I do hear from God, not not audibly, but, you know, different ideas, different things come through. And this was probably the most important part of this is I was forced to make a decision about something that wasn't easy. Uh, it was actually quite difficult and I knew there'd be repercussions from it, but I uh, was able to move forward with the decision that I made. And it was, it was something God was asking me to do. It was a questioning I wrestled with God over, but I knew God was telling me something that I needed to do. And when you hear God and I made the decision and I knew what was going to happen and it, I knew what I had to do, but I also knew that it wasn't easy. And through all of this and through all of the different steps that I had to go through, I at least knew that I heard from God. Um, it's something that I've, you know, you go to different services, you know, in different churches and people are getting these prophetic words. And I, you know, I kind of always wanted one, you know, I was like, why, why am I not getting, you know, they're going to other people, they're reading their mail, if you will. And I always wondered, and I really felt like God said to me one time, it's like, you hear from me, you know, some people need that to be coming to them. He said, you hear from me. And I've had people, you know, share prophetic words over us uh, at different times. But the reality was that when I trust my instincts, when I trust what I know of God and that he's speaking to me, then it makes it a lot easier for me to continue to hear from him. I mean, when you, you know, your parents voice, you know, the people that you trust, you know, in school, you hear your, your teacher, it's somebody that you trust. And when I was going through one of the hardest things of my life at the time, I was just finished a, uh, what's it called? Uh, a bone marrow biopsy where they basically dig into your hip and, and take bone fragment. And it's not a pleasant thing. I mean, it's not the worst thing I've gone through, but it was definitely at a point when I didn't have people with me. Um, people were on their way to visit, come see me. I had visitors. Um, but I was laying there and that was the first time that I felt kind of despair. And all of a sudden, I felt that God was saying, I'm not done with you yet. And I was just like, oh, okay. You know, it was, it was something that ended up being 
just peaceful, you know, and when you know the outcome, there's no stress. I mean, I'm a sports fan, you know, I don't want to know anything about a game before it's done. If I've recorded or something, uh, because there's that anxiety, not anxiety, but you know, anticipation of, of what's going to happen in the game and you want to know, and that's why you're, you're watching it. But the nice thing is when you're going through uh, a life-changing illness uh, that could be fatal and God tells you that uh, he's not done with me. Oh, okay. It's comforting. And I think, and I know that's where my peace came from because I had spent the last year really getting into who God was. I mean, I already felt that way that I, I knew God and I knew who he was but I got closer to him. And I, I've always said that uh, when you want to feel confident, you practice, you know, you practice, you read the Bible, spend time with him, pray, you know, music is uh, worship, all these different things, spending time with people that are Christians as well. And so that I can't say anything else other than that is that God, you know, I hope I would have felt confident in God even if he hadn't said that, but it was so incredibly comforting for me when you hear that and you know that it's God speaking. So it's one of those things that, again, there's a lot of hard times that we've gone through in the last year, even with that being said. But the, the amazing thing is that uh, he's been faithful and I'm still here and and again, uh, cancer-free. So uh, praise the Lord. So that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why I want to be a part of this is that we want to have these conversations. We want to encourage people. This is something that we're doing to lift the body of Christ up in this time. And it, and it, it is, we are a body. And when one of us hurts, we all hurt. I think we were sharing that a year ago as you mm -hmm. were hurting, we were hurting as a body, but also we could see your faith and your, you were in the heat of battle in that actions and the actions you were sending out to us were testifying to God's glory and to his amazing work that he was just beginning. And even then, that was a powerful witness to the rest of the body. And so you were, uh, again, I just love how the body of Christ works. But that moment, as I'm watching that happen in real time, it was a real confirmation to all of us of what God is just starting to be up to. And now, of course, we're so much further down that trail. But we get to see faith in action and that that is so good what i've been talking about that i believe god is bringing the whole body to is sort of one of these exhaustion points mm -hmm. and that's where we let go of trying on our own and know that we need him mm -hmm. and that his presence is what is going to allow us to walk through the battle ahead and all of the battles ahead. And, uh, and it's just this exhaustion is a freeing thing. It's very liberating mm -hmm. because we're no longer trying to do it on our own. Yeah. And, and that is, that is the good thing. 
And it's something that we all have to come into agreement with. And that's this coming into agreement with God's word, his presence in our life and uh, our obedience to his will. Like Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And you, the whole body was earnestly seeking him and what you were going through. But oh, it was, uh, it's sure nice to see what God has done and what he is doing. And, and that instead of being in fear and, and trying to hide it, as you embraced what you were going through, as, as we could share in that with you, um, we're all able to praise God together now because Absolutely. Of it. so it's good. Well, it's been uh, great being a part of this first episode of For Such a Time as This, the podcast. And again, if people do want to connect with us, uh, you can email such a time podcast at gmail.com and uh, go to Facebook. We've got a page up there if you want to have any questions. Uh, and we'll get these podcasts, uh, video podcast and uh, audio out as soon as possible. But again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, to Charlene and uh, I know for you, to, to Lisa as well. Uh, it's uh, It's been a great day. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Dwayne. And we look forward to uh, continuing this conversation next week and uh, continuing on. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening to today's episode of For Such a Time as This. If you've got questions or topics you'd like discussed on the podcast, email suchatimepodcast at gmail.com.